Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jay Vaz, and you're listening to The Jay Vaz Show, a music and entertainment podcast where we bring light to all independent and up-and-coming artists from all over the world. So if you're an independent or an up-and-coming artist, make sure you submit your music to artists at thejvazshow.com as well with an EPK, all your social media info. That way we can try to get a hold of you to bring you on the show. Make sure you follow us on the social media pages at The JVAS Show. Check out the website, thejvassshow.com, and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find the video version of the upcoming interview at The JVAS Show. All of these links are on the description of the podcast. And let's get right into this. On today's episode, we have a Texas pioneer in the Latin music scene. Falero will be talking about how... Aggravated got started. How the transition into the most hated. We'll be talking about Shut Em Down Records. We'll be talking about producing Hustle Town with SPM. That and much more on the J Bass Show, baby. Let's go. They all call me Frank. Okay, fine. He tells me great things about you guys. I need a guy who's stealing his balls. A guy like you. And I need him around me all the time. You. You stay loyal in this business.
ass was I giggling and grinning? Was I on some kind of a drug when I reached for a lighter? Inflicted in they face and set a meat on fire. Was it all in the heat of the moment? Was I in my right mind? Or did I follow them for days and did I wait for the right time? The truth is I was contacted and hired by the mob. I was told to move fast and to use fire for the job. It was the new year on a Saturday in the middle of the night. And on the cool it all reminds me of how little I love life. But the baby boys were sleeping sound with my hands around their necks. Mom and dad was even down in their beds getting their rest. Without a second guess it all but happened just that quick. Then I woke up in that room that was all padded up and shit. Gentlemen, I am your host Jay Vaz, and you're watching the Jay Vaz Show, a music and entertainment podcast. We have a real special guest today, a Texas land rap pioneer. But before we get there, make sure you follow us on all the social media pages at the Jay Vaz Show. Check out the website, thejvazshow.com. And if you're watching on us, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well. And let's get right into this, man. As I mentioned, a Texas land rare pioneer. Filetto, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man. It's good to be here, man. Man, appreciate your time. Uh, I was telling you off camera, you know, this is on a fan level, this is dope to to be able to to be able to do this. And I hope that we can bring light to things people might not be aware of, you know, as far as, you know, the, well, we'll go over the questions, but as far as any any controversy controversies or anything like that, hopefully we can bring light to those problems and then get the updates from you know what you got going on right now with your right on, right on. with your career man it's so a controversial business man you know yeah, <laughs> it is we, we were talking about that with yeah. Bo Bundy on another interview and then he's like there's a lot of bullshit in this industry yes sir and and people don't people don't talk about that you know it's not something that's out there as much they just see the the tip of the iceberg you know what I'm saying all they don't see everything else is underneath it you know, you yeah know what I mean? so so hopefully we can we can do that with with um with you today and uh, let's let's get right into this, man. So, sure. let's take it all the way back. Southeast land sector. Then it was aggravated. Then it was most hated. Correct. All right. So to talk to us about how Southeast land sector came about, and how the transition from there to aggravated and most hated came about as well. Well, all right. Southeast land sector, man, was a, I guess, a gang, you could say, but really. Um, I met Grimm in like 92, and he was in the Southeast Latin sector, you know, and uh, so the first album we did came out in 94. We produced Grimm's album, Making a Matter Worse was the name of the album, and uh, we had a week to do that album. One week, we recorded that at uh, uh, Garza Sound Studios on Patton, right here on the north side, yeah. and we had like 40 hours. So. That was the first album we did, and that came out in January 94. That was Grim Solo, uh, called Making a Matter Worse, in the Southeast Latin Sector, which, you know, he had, we had the click we were trying to bring up on there, you know. But Grim was the only rapper at the time. It was hard to find a Mexican rapper. I couldn't find a, a Latin rapper when I first started, and I had to search, you know what I mean? And uh, when I met Grim, it was on, you know. So. That was the first project, man. That was '94 when when Grimm's album came out. But I wanted to do a a group. I didn't want to just have a solo uh, rapper. I wanted to yeah. be like some N.W.A. Ghetto Boys type thing. So that's where Aggravated popped up after we did Grimm's album. 
you know. And, and you know, obviously you had uh, on Aggravated, it was Grim, you, vil, uh, Villain, Lord Loco. Yeah. Well, Aggravated was, well, the members changed so much, but on the album cover, it was me, Grim, Lord Loco, Ike Man, and uh, Troublemaker. Troublemaker. Was, was on the cover. My cousin Balasso was in there, but he, I think he got locked up around that time. And uh, that was the official members yeah. on, on the cover. Villain was, uh, I don't think he was, on. well, yeah, he came around a little bit after Aggravated, and he got on the Most Hated. Most Hated? Yeah. All right, so, you know, you just mentioned how hard it was to, to find a, a Mexican or Atlanta rapper at yeah. the time. How hard was it to establish, you know, Southeast Land Sector and the most hated and aggravated? How hard was it to establish as a whole? Well, I mean, anything, any Mexicans is always kind of hard to establish unless you're, like, cutting grass or something, you know what <laughs> I mean? But, but uh, when I met Grimm, he was already on, in a South Park Coalition with Kay Reno and... Uh, and he was on an album with the, called the Terror, which called the Terrorists, and he was on a song called South Park Coalition. He, matter of fact, Grimm's on the back of the album, of the uh, on the on the poster. I'm not the poster. The long CD boxes they had. Yeah. Grimm was on the back of the Terrorist album cover, and he had on the gray dicky suit with the button up on the top. It looked he looked just like SPM did on his Hillwood cover. Yeah. Actually, the same outfit, pretty much. You know, so it was kind of easier once uh, we got affiliated with SPC. Because they were doing a lot of shows, K Reno, and we started doing shows with K Reno and all that. Matter of fact, our first show was in Southeast, and uh, Shadow was watching the door, and we told him, don't let nobody in for free, you know what I'm saying? And uh, K Reno come to the show, and he wanted to charge K Reno to get in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I said, nobody, man, you know? So, uh, so man, and then the shows was always like, something was always happening, like fights or stuff, so that just made it harder to, to you know, it was just crazier back in them days. There was a lot of gangster things going on. And yeah. The, the shows were always wild and people fighting and everything. We always had to go against that, you know what I'm saying? So anytime, anytime you get a bunch of Mexicans together, man, it just... We don't know how to act. Yeah, it goes, it goes crazy, act, man. man. And then we, we used to wire them up with the music, so they would get crunk and, and the next thing you know, it's going down, man. But... Uh, it, it it was always difficult. It's still difficult to for Latin or Mexican. I don't like saying Latin, but Mexicans to do anything. So right now we're trying to break into the film industry. Yeah. And so it's just like how it was in the '90s with the music. You know, it's kind of the same. And see, one of the things we were discussing here uh, earlier. Um. You you listen to the to you know to most hated aggravated you we you know you know you guys were Mexican you know you guys are Mexican. And it came out, you know, just genuine. You guys are Mexican. You guys are rapping. Dope. Fast forward to some of these artists today. It feels like they're trying to push the issue a little too hard to show they're Mexican. And it doesn't come out as authentic. And, or, or, you know, maybe also it's a style of music I don't care for. Or, you know, or people as a whole. You know, nowadays it's just kind of like. I think they're trying to push, like, push something that's obvious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, know, you know, just. People trying too hard, I guess, you know. Just be yourself. That's the problem. Everybody don't want to be their self nowadays. Everybody's trying to be like somebody else. Like in our days, man, we just wanted to be different. Well, everybody was different. Everybody had their own sound. Now everybody wants to copy the next man's sound. Yes. So the originality is is totally gone from the music thing, you know what I mean? How do you feel about today's artists? Would you would you work with some of these artists or have you worked with some of these artists? Well, not, I haven't really worked with none of these. Not really, I mean... 
I don't have nothing against the new artists or nothing, but I'm just, I, I still work with the same people I've been working with, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And if I work with a new artist, it's just going to be the same way as we did anything else, you know what I mean? I just treat everybody the same, you know, pretty yeah. much. Um, you're currently working with um, Lil Young, yeah. correct? Yeah. What you, what you guys got uh, going on? Well, we're working on a lot of stuff. Right now, we're working on some movie things. Like, he did a movie called uh, First of the Month with Rashid Comedy. And then we just got done uh, doing uh, Gun Talk, his second movie. It might be his third, but I think it's his second movie. And I'm doing, I'm doing like, uh, a lot of the graphics on the, the film with the gunshots and the sound and mixing and the coloring on the, on the movie editing. It's kind of yeah. like editing music, but it's a whole different format, you know. So we're working on on movie stuff right now and he's actually gonna help me. We're working on this most hated movie too, you know. And and on during the music stuff, I mean the movie thing is also pushing the new songs we got on the on the soundtrack and stuff like yeah. that too. So the movie thing is just helping the, the music push out more. The uh, the most hated mu- movie is is something that we've uh you know as fans have you know been waiting for because you guys have talked about it you know before do we ha- do you guys have a release date for this yet or, or a, at least a plan in I, mind or when I you guys it could be next summer you know it's just it's my first movie that I'm actually f- producing and directing and uh it feels like the first album I ever I ever produced cuz a lot of people saying oh you can't do it and all this type of things and and uh it just motivates me more to to get it done yeah. cuz I know I can do it you know I know how to edit already so I got the same it's kind of the same way you edit Movies is kind of the same that you do music, you know. Just same concept, it's all the same, yeah. Pretty much. So, I got all the equipment we need. It's not like I'm searching for the the the, the stuff you got to have. Yeah. Because back when we did the music, we had to find all this. It wasn't as easy as it was nowadays. You know, what I'm saying the computer wasn't doing the, the the music like like they're doing it now. Everything's drag and drop and little dots and you know we had to actually make the music. You know, buy the keyboards and pay the studio time. It wasn't as easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, talk about your your acting. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we know you were part of uh, of the crew of the cast on uh, the Fifth Ward series that was on the UMC channel. Fifth Ward, yeah, UMC Fifth, Fifth TV, Ward. yeah, yeah urban yeah. movie channel. That's a Greg Carter, Greg Carter's director and producer of that film. But he had actually had a movie back in the day. It's called Fifth Ward. And uh, I came out an extra in that movie. Yeah. Just like in a garage scene or something. But now he did a... This, we're on the second season of the Fifth Ward TV series. The first season I had got, like, my first speaking roles. Like, I had... I was surprised at how much he gave me, man. Like, I had a lot of pages to read. And I was like, man, I, it's, it's, it was crazy, man, because uh, I didn't want to get on camera and not remember my lines. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because you, you got to remember your lines quick. But I found a way, like... Me and the other actors would just repeat it to each other, and it came out like a song. So acting is kind of like dropping a verse. You know what I mean? You learn your lines, and you go on there and spit it. So it was kind of easy for me. And then, and then the lines they gave me was like my favorite words I always say, you know, F this and woo-woo, and I was getting crunk. But it was easy, man. I, I, liked, I liked the acting, man. It was, it was really cool. Um, speaking of, of the movie, and then we, you know, we talked about Lil Young and them, uh, there was a video that came out a couple of years ago on YouTube, and um, I believe you got you and Young were working on a, on a project. Uh, is this something we can expect to come out soon as well? 
Uh, what project? What, what was that? A music? A song? I don't know. You guys just spoke of you know, so you're working on a project with Lil Young. It was it was both of you guys just in the studio. Well, we've done a lot of songs together. Yeah. But I, I couldn't tell you. It's probably some music things because I okay. don't think back then we were promoting any movie stuff. Okay. Yeah, I, I was thinking because you know, like I know you guys work with some songs, but I was thinking like maybe like a collab project like an album or something like that well, not not lately i mean we do music so fast we could do a song in like an hour so we just kind of shit those songs out but the movie thing takes a whole lot more time yeah so we've been working on this movie thing like every night he comes over like at two in the morning when he gets off work like two to six in the morning we'll be working and editing on a whatever we got going on you know what i'm saying we've been filming like two different things at the same time right now a little bit of the aggravated movie with a uh, pablo uh, yeah, Nunez was playing the SPM on, on the movie also. And uh, anything with the movie, you can't do it by, you can't shoot a movie by yourself. There's no way. Yeah. Like you, can, you can do an album by yourself, but a movie, there's no way. You know, mm -hmm. so you got to have a, a team. I always speak about, it takes teamwork, man. It's like, I treat this, this movie thing and this, and this, and this rap industry like, like football, like a football team. Everybody's important from the coach to the water guy to the, everybody has their own role. And without, that one guy, you're not going to make it. So you ain't going to make it, yeah. You got to have a team, man. So he's part of the team that we have, and he's not the only one, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. We got to have at least a, a team to make it happen. So speaking of making things happen, going back to when you started your, uh, you know, in the music industry, compared to starting in, in the movie industry now, which one do you think is harder? Uh, well, man, I would say... They're about the same. They're, about they're the both same. difficult, man. You know, they're both hard. But I would say uh, it's harder to put a movie out. Yeah. Or at least to get distribution. You know, anybody can distribute your record nowadays. Just put it on like CD Baby or whatever. But the movie thing, you got to really find a distributor if you want to get paid. There's no, I don't think there's a route to just put the movie out and let people get downloaded and get paid yet besides youtube yeah but i'm sure we're trying to get paid you know what i'm saying <laughs> so yeah it's yeah um complicated man so taking it back to you know to what we we're talking about you know by uh aggravated most hated is is how exactly did shut them down come obviously it was d-town but how, how did you guys all transition and ending up in Shut Em Down Records? Well, after Aggravated, Aggravated only lasted a year. See, I started that company called Aggravated Records with my, with my uncle, who's helped put the money into it. And then we had contract differences, and uh, I ended up burning the contract. And because uh, <laughs> a couple of members signed it, and we were supposed to sign it all together. And it came like a big, a big problem. Oh, you signed it, you didn't sign it. And so I ended up burning the contract. So they made a fake aggravated to replace us. So we ended up signing with Jam Down in like 96. And then we did like two or three, three albums on Jam Down. And then uh, our contract was up and, and I met. Then Low G, actually Low G and, and uh, Danny Marino, which is D-Town, had a company called uh, Wet Black Records. But it wasn't like official yet. They were just really yeah. starting it up. Because actually, D-Town from Shut Em Down, the CEO, he passed away, RIP D-Town. But he was always invested in a lot of record companies that people don't know about. Like Fat Texas was a lot of D-Town's money. Uh, Straight Lace Entertainment was a lot of D-Town's money. And then when I met D-Town, this was like in 
2000, you know, he was like a real big boss of the hood. And he had a lot of people from Mexico around him, like five or ten guys. You, you couldn't even get close to, to him. He had yeah. to go through all these guys. You know, he was like serious and real serious in the street business. But when I met D-Town, he had a lot of faith in me. He had gave me like a, an, a, a van, Astro van. He paid for it. He gave it to me. He, get, he got me like a place to stay, you know. And then the first, the first meeting I had with him, one of the first meetings, we went straight to Guitar Center. And he said, get whatever we need. You know what I'm saying? That was like a dream for me because I didn't have but maybe a keyboard or something small. So we went to Guitar Center, and he said, whatever you want, whatever we need, get it. So I just started, I need one of these, one of those, one of those. We ended up spending like about almost $30,000, you know what I'm saying, at, at Guitar Center. And we went straight to the, we have, he even bought us the studio on the airport. We had like a, man, a building and everything. And I had all these boxes, man. I was like, oh, man, it's going to go down. You know what I'm saying? I really took a lot of a... Uh, I was real thankful for that. Yeah. So I wanted to grind and, and show him that how serious we are, you know. So when I met D-Town, man, we had that studio running quick. And then we did that album, Bring It to the Table, was the first album that I did. Me and X-Ray was on the cover. Yeah. But it was basically a compilation of all of all our artists we had on Shut Em Down trying to bring it to the table. And that album had Mafioso on it and with Grim Bing and SPM and a lot of... Uh, Everything was trying to, we were trying to get more uh, radio play with that album, break out the underground a little bit more. So when we met D-Town, it was more, he was, uh, like Jam Down was uh, owned by Patrick Lewis. They're from Trinidad, you know. Yeah. It was like Jamaican type thing. But when we got with D-Town, it was like the Mexican thing. We had, we had, we had our weapons. Yeah. And we had full control to do whatever we wanted to do. So it, he, he opened it up for us big time. So, you know, glad you brought up uh, Jam Down. Uh, I was doing doing some digging in, in you know, your, your previous uh, interviews and things of that nature. And one thing that caught my attention was you had mentioned that when you guys were in Jam Down, um, by you guys, I mean uh, Most Hated, they actually turned down a major deal from a major label that was trying to sign you guys? I, I believe so. I forgot how I heard that. But I think that we were, we were making noise, man. We sold like 14,000 CDs and cassettes in like a week. Nice. And, uh, so we had majors calling from what I remember, but I believe that Jam Down had wanted a label deal, wanted to sign the whole label for distribution and not necessarily let Most Hated sign a deal, I guess. Be the face of, yeah. yeah. So I think we had, I can't remember the name of the label, but there was one or two labels that might have called and wanted us but I think he basically wanted the whole label, so it never the deal never happened, you know. And uh, who knows what would have happened, man? Yeah. We almost we almost signed with a rap a lot in the very beginning. Uh, Grim's dad's a lawyer, and and Lil J had gave Grim a couple of contracts way back in the days, and uh, Grim's dad looked at these contracts like, ain't no way you want to sign them contracts. Yeah. You know so. We, we we could have been on rap a lot, which not, probably wouldn't have been a big, big deal by now because it, it would have put us out there. But financially, I guess it didn't make sense at yeah, that time. Yeah, at the time. So let's um, let's backtrack to, uh, you know, earlier you mentioned uh, SPM and them. And this is one of the things that, I, you know, in a previous interview where I had with, uh, with Shadow, I brought this question up, and he's like, "This is more of a Filetto question." I was like, "Okay, let's yeah. let's let's make this happen." So, yeah. before we get to that, let's let's build it up a bit. 
how did you um, link up with uh, SPM? All right, well, shout out to Shadow, man. Shadow, the producer, Grimm's brother of the most hated, you know, my partner. Uh, but what you say about SPM? How did I meet him? Or... Yeah, how did, you, how did you link up with SPM? Well, I think he, he was following us at a, a couple of shows when we were doing Aggravated, and uh, I think he ended up talking to, like, Loco or hooking up with one of the members of the group. And uh, he ended up coming to my house I had a house on the southwest side. We called it the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it, was a, it was a cool little spot, man. But Los came over, and he had brought a couple of songs on his demo. I don't think it wasn't Hillwood. It wasn't even out yet. And we had had Aggravated, and uh, Grimm's album was already out. But yeah, I put that cassette. It was on a cassette when, when Los came to my crib. And I put that cassette on. You know, you know how you just analyzing, and I'm just like, I was, I was tripping on his voice. I'm like, damn, his voice is really fucking weird. Like, <laughs> nobody yeah. distinct. You know what I mean? And he had super flows on that bitch. He was flowing like how you know the southeast style, the SPC style at the time was like tongue twisting, and it was dope. So I, I like that. So we ended up hooking up, and uh, I ended up putting him on Warriors was I believe the first time he came out officially like in the stores or on official product. And uh, after we did that, I ended up helping him do Hustletown. I taught him how to make the, the beats because uh, he, was, he was buying beats at the time, you know what I mean? And it was, takes too long sometimes when you, there weren't that many producers around. Yeah. You know, so uh, his brother Tootie, I said, you need to buy this keyboard, man, this ASR 88. Sent big old fucking keyboard sampler, and I showed Los how to do sequencing on there, and uh, he would make melodies, and I would add the beats to it. We collaborated on like 80% of the record. We, me and him, did it pretty much together. Yeah. Then he got a couple other producers to do a couple of songs, and then uh, I told him though, and at that time, Southeast was really about the blue, and his Hillwood album cover was like flames and. Man, change it to blue, man. Get you some other guys. Get some more rappers on there. And he got, like, Loji and Rashid. Because his first album was, like, all his voice the whole time. And yeah. to me, it got annoying hearing one person do the whole record. But when he when we did Hustletown, we started putting, like like I say, Rashid, Loji, and uh, other producers and putting other people in it. And it, the chemistry that that album had just, it's, like, done millions and millions of views and downloads and... Yeah, I can't even believe it because we were just both fucking around. In my opinion, we we're just you know fuck it, let's make some music. I had no idea what it was going to take off the yeah. way it did. Yeah, it was crazy. So, um, to my understanding, you were you produced about eighty percent of Hustleton, or you, you were involved with you know in one way or another. Well, and, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I helped him. I taught him how to make the beats. And, yeah. Uh, he he wasn't he'll he'll tell you even Carlos will tell you he don't like making drums that much he's not really good at drums but he's good at melodies, so a lot of the times he would uh he had a bunch of songs where on the on the on the floppy disk that he had made or a bunch of rhythms or or melodies you could say and I would dig through the melodies and see what I could make out of some of them if I could find a good melody and we're gonna produce that and make it, so that's pretty much how that album came out, like uh and. He knows how to make beats, you know what and, I'm saying? And, and I was, I was, you know, re reading into this again. This is in, in a fan point of view. Um, 
And then it turned out you didn't get the proper credit on Hustletown. Or, or at the time, it felt did it feel that way? Or can well, you talk on, to us more about that? Well, on the cover, it says drums remixed by Filetto. You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. on Grimm's first album, it says produced by Grimm Productions. So I never really felt like I got my credit as far as on the production side. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? There was a lot more to producing besides just making beats. Yeah. Like, he used to spend a lot of studio time at, uh, I forgot the studio we used to go to, uh, I forgot. But I ended up being like, look, we got to buy a DAT machine and get this DAT recorder. At, we did a lot of recording at the house, and we did the instrumentals on a DAT tape. And then we took the DAT tape to the studio, and he rapped on the DAT without having to spend all the time in the studio. We saved, I saved him so much money by producing it at the house. You know what I'm saying? So producing is more than just making the beats. It's actually, yeah. you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to make beats to be a producer. You just got to put the shit together. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, man, that, that album saved him a lot of money while yeah. doing a lot of recording hours. We did Hustle it at the town, house. Yeah. my city, man. Born and raised, baby. Yo, I dedicate this jam to all the single mothers Raising men in a big city I know it's hard Let them know what's up, Filetto I sell drugs with thugs, hitting licks off tricks Working two jobs, a dope dealer and a pep Mom begging me to stop Every day, so scared for me to walk Memory lane, but mom, don't worry My tech protect well, I told y'all one day This rap shit gon' sell Cause my heart been broke from the start Since the day my father died when I was seven in the park So I wrote the book, how to pimp hoes and kick doughs And if I kill, well that's just how how that shit goes Pull your strap What am I supposed to sweat This the third time today I've come close hustle to Hustle town, hustle town The city of dreams Where we creep through the hood And we serve them dope fiends Hustle town, the shit don't stop Roll in the cars And we keep the Glock cars Hustle town, the city of dreams Where we creep through the hood And we serve them dope fiends Hustle town, the shit don't stop Roll in the cars and we keep the Glock up. Set them up, wet them up, etc. Tell your treasurer, empty the register. Shit serious, I give your life a period. Well, here he is, it's the kid with experience. Don't start shit. Mistake me for an artist. Flash in the dark, someone tell him where his heart is. Blue light, who died? Tonight, maybe over two dice, maybe cause he blew fry On top of y'all with that Heelwood Mafia Hard-hitting hustlers, beat the draws off of ya Knowledge, why my shit be flawless Dope house records, step into my office Hustle town, hustle town, the city of dreams Where we creep through the hood and we serve them dope fiends Hustle town, the shit don't stop Roll in the cars and we keep the Glock cars Hustle town, the city of dreams Where we creep through the hood and we serve them dope fiends Hustle town, the shit don't stop Roll in the cars and we keep the Glock cars Still boy low and loco, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Representing that H Town with my boy SPM. I'm somebody that's a lot of frauds out there, you know what I'm saying? Man. So what you think about these fraud ass that niggas lows? You jackin' jaws, I'm packing balls. Spark a spliff, I get more gift than Santa Claus. But for cold 40 ounce and a sack of hay. Chug a lug for the thugs who done passed away. Mr. Masterful, mystical Mexican maniac. 
competition You motherfuckers make me laugh Use a bits if you hating on my Houston hits Fight devils like you with a crucifix Shoot the shit with a shoddy Shake your body Gung Kung Fu mixed with AK Karate I'm sorry but you the past like Atari As I smoke like Marley Stay brown like Charlie Hustle town, hustle town The city of dreams Where we creep through the hood And we serve them dope fiends Hustle town, the shit don't stop Roll in the cars And we keep the Glock cars Hustle town, the city of dreams Where we creep through the hood And we serve them dope fiends hustle That was Hustle Town, town by SPM Southport Mexican Featuring Filato so um, this was part one of the interview. We're going to split this interview up since it is about an hour and a half long. We're going to split it in four or five different segments. So make sure you guys tune in next week. We're not going to drop another episode this week because of the holiday coming up. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody listening. Um, so make sure you guys tune in next week to check out part two of the interview. We'll be talking about, you know, the whole shut them down family. We'll be talking about Lil Bing. We'll be talking about some beefs that happened with uh, with Falero and other H Sound artists. So make sure you guys tune in and keep your ears open and your eyes open if you're watching us on YouTube. So once again, um, thank you guys for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving. We appreciate everybody showing love. We're still charted. We're still featured on Apple. Uh, we apologize for the break that we took for about a month, but we're back and we're going to be constantly dropping two to three episodes every week so you guys can enjoy all of this shit we're about to drop. Once again, follow us on all the social media pages at The J Vass Show. Check out the website, thejvassshow.com. I am J Vass. It's been a pleasure. And you're listening to The J Vass Show, baby. Let's go. We are the voice of the underground.